Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Zero Today. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Hill, hailing from Caging Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and our job here is to promote, is to help you, the listener, be empowered to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. If you hear noise in the background, I decided to bring my puppy into the studio with me this morning. <laughs> uh, I, uh, we've been gone for a while, uh, and we're coming back, and it's good to be back. So I I got a lot of stuff to share with you, so we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, as always, you're welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Uh, we want to make sure everybody who is listening has the opportunity to join us by calling the number 347-237-5230. That's our live number that you can call and get your thoughts, comments, and ideas, whatever it is, on the air. You can also jo- join us on the live chat room on Blog Talk Radio. This thing gets us in trouble, but I think we got it going up, up, up and running. So you can join us in the chat room. Um, also, feel free if you want to get in touch with us. Send us an email, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail.com. On Twitter at Prophesy. We're on Facebook. I uh, invite you to join our Facebook network, uh, Zero Network, on Facebook. Uh, Skype, MySpace, wherever there is somewhere to be, we are there. <laughs> oh, but we, we took a summer break. Uh, for a little time, and we're glad to be back on the air. We're glad to have the opportunity um, to to get. Yeah, I'm sounding redundant. To be back on the air, and there's a lot going on. I was skimming through the notes I want to talk about, and, and I'm just excited because I'm I'm excited for a lot of stuff, man. I'm excited because we have a wonderful guest who's going to be joining us later on in the show. Uh, just a lot of the commentary that we're going to be discussing. About that, and I guess I'm really excited because my puppy is here, uh, Jackson. He's here and he's watching me do the show, and he's trying to get my attention. And so, if I sound stumbled, splattered, bobble, whatever it is, that's because I is because he is here. <laughs> and we're gonna do what we can. We're gonna have fun in the process. Amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we want to thank you today. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. And we thank you for another day. We thank you, God, that you're full of grace and mercy. We pray, oh God, that you will bless the show, bless the listeners and all who will participate. Be glorified and let your people be edified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, pre-warning in advance, um, I we are in here in the Mississippi area. Central Mississippi and Mississippi Gulf Coast area, we are under a tropical storm warning. Uh, and uh, as you may have been, those of you who have been watching the news, you, you'll realize that 
Hurricane Isaac has come on land and has hit South Louisiana and um, bringing with it a lot of heavy rain and a lot of um, uh, a lot of a lot of distress for some people. Matter of fact, earlier um, I was watching the news earlier in St. St. Charles Parish in Louisiana, not far from uh, right under it's right by New Orleans. They've already had some severe flooding because uh, uh, one of not not a levee but a flood pump and levee uh, was breached, and so they're experiencing some flooding there. So we're soliciting your prayers for those of us on the Gulf Coast um, in Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and Florida. Um, I think a lot of people. Uh, uh, I I think it's been overhyped. Honestly, it is a hurricane. Uh, but um so far it it hasn't been as damaging as people had had been expecting or predicting uh, the media has been making it out to be uh there are already about 500,000 people without power some of my friends and loved ones down in the south southeast louisiana area and uh south mississippi are without power and here we're experiencing winds it hadn't come here yet but they're saying that it'll be here so we may lose power so um just let you know that in advance should that happen but either way um they, they, keep keep these keep those residents on the coast on the gulf coast in your prayers um and it's interesting that it should follow land and um all of this should be happening this just today august 29th uh happens to be the 7th anniversary of hurricane katrina and all of the damage and chaos and uh confusion that followed that eve that event uh very devastating uh, event it affected the nation and affected all of us it affected everybody um because it, it brought about a lot of the disparity that is seen in uh pure urban areas like new orleans and other places and you know as a nation we came together um but uh this hurricane here is has other implications uh, and you know what's funny to me this what's really funny to me is how some people um when they realized that it was <laughs> a hurricane was coming they basically was hoping that they would would just um wreak havoc on Tampa while the Republican National Convention is going on. And, of course, that didn't happen. They did shut down on Monday, but that was just cautionary. Uh, they experienced rains. That's about it. Uh, but I tell you, it's a whole different thing. But we want to recognize and acknowledge the fact that seven years ago today, Katrina came on land, and uh, the devastation is that she calls along with hurricane um with uh, other hurricanes that followed after her most people don't realize that katrina was was one but more damage came from hurricane rita that followed katrina just a few weeks later and rita did quite a bit of extensive damage across south uh, matter of fact just across uh, uh the gulf coast and Louisiana, all the way up to Arkansas. So, and it's just, I think that from the projections that I've been seeing on on television, um, the forecast is saying that Isaac will be having some similar path as Rita, going all the way up into uh, the uh, western states. Uh, not the western states, but uh, you know the midwestern, uh, up as far as Arkansas, Kentucky. So. I don't know if they'll be experiencing a lot of rain, uh, I mean, uh, tropical storm weather, but it'd be a lot of rain. So uh, just keep listening them in your prayers. Um, one other thing I want to talk about, uh, we have an exciting guest who's going to be joining us later on uh, in, in the bottom segment of the bottom of the hour, Ms. Kusa Frempong, who's from West Ghana, I mean Ghana, West Africa. She's going to be joining with us and sharing her testimony. And we're going to have an exciting time um, once we get to that. I'm trying to talk slow because <laughs> I'm just a little bit overexcited. You know, when I get overexcited, I just ramble. And rambling isn't always good. But anyway, let me get back on topic here. 
follow my notes. Uh, been watching the Republican National Convention. Uh, I've been following some of the stories, and um, it's, it's interesting. Mitt Romney's wife, Ann Romney, spoke last night, and she uh, she made her appeal to women, both working and uh, stay at home. She, um, uh, I, I think it was pretty good. I, I, from what I watched and what I heard, she articulated her. Concerned for the issues of women and uh, attempting to craft that as an argument um, within the constructs of the Republican Party and this alleged war on women uh, in, in issues, uh, I tell you. Yet. As, uh, but uh, but she didn't want a job, and I, I, she supported her husband. And, you know, you got to have a good woman standing by a man. And she came out, unlike some other. Um, Nominees' wives. She uh, she really wa- she really was a a key key speaker in this event because the way she cast her image is the way it's going to be uh, will will probably help the fledgling image of Mitt Romney because right now he doesn't have a good image, uh, particularly with uh, women and you know uh, minority voters. So hopefully that will change. Uh, after tonight, I mean after her speech last night. And, but uh, there was another interesting thing that happened. Um, two things that happened at the beginning of the, uh, well, not the beginning, but during this conference that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, uh, John Boehner alleged, uh, alluded to the fact that the, the party was not going to solicit or uh, even try to garner uh, African-American support or minority support, Latinos. I, I don't know how true that is. I, I did read the article on Political on the blog, but again, it, it was a reference to um, it wasn't a direct reference to not trying to attract uh, minority voters. It was actually uh, more, and well, basically, you know, he he, he just said that they they basically have uh, a large commitment to uh, another party, and not not necessarily the Democratic Party or a or the Republican Party, those who are independent, uh, their vote may go to a third party as, as far as he's concerned. He doesn't know. But there was an incident that happened with a um, black camera woman for CNN where one of the um, attendees at the convention supposedly threw a bag of nuts at her and said, that's how we feed animals. And, of course, uh, um, you know, I, I, I scoured through uh page after page trying to find to validate the you know validate whether that event happened or not and and of course in you know several sources valid very very credible sources you know validated the story and i really i mean i feel bad because partially because um uh, while republicans are really trying to reach out to minorities things like that uh, i mean they already have a bad rap as being racist and to have something like that, an incident like that happen, only seems to further disenfranchise them from uh, those voters, those key votes, minority votes that are so necessary. And I say it largely necessary because, um, I mean, when you look at the statistics for minorities of all in every ethnic group, um, they they are very, very, very bad. Not good at all, and both parties have an opportunity to maximize on the rhetoric that they're presenting um you know, and in the case with the with the um with Democrats, of course, is the war on women and contraceptives and stuff like that, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit later but and and with the with the republicans it it has to be about the economy and it has to be about um stimulating um the classes not class warfare and getting rid of this image of class warfare that's that's being perpetuated by the media so there's a lot there's a lot that has to go into that and we'll get into that but um hey it's it's a lot going on and and so much I want to talk about in so little time and we'll, we'll get to it I guess but until then I'm going to take a quick break and on the flip side of that break what we'll we'll be having with us Miss uh Akusua Frempong, I hope I'm saying that right, and, <laughs> and if not, she will let me know, and she's going to be on uh, when we come back from the break, and we'll be 
hearing from her and uh, having a wonderful time. So we're going to take a quick break and go on from there. Be right back after this. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com Uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. But 
if you still want to get in touch, you know, can't get in the chat room, give us a call. Can't give us a call, send us an email. Can't send us an email, well, Facebook. <laughs> we're we're all over. So however you want to do that, we're, we want to hear from you, and we want to get your uh, insight on the show. I'm glad to have with me joining. I'm glad to have joining me on the show today um, a very special young lady, a woman of God who has who has done quite a bit has a wonderful testimony and uh I met her uh, in July in Nashville, Tennessee during a quadrennial conference for the African Methodist Episcopal Church and also a couple of other events and she was there and she thought not Robert to accept our invitation to come on the show Miss Akusa Akusa uh Frampo. Are you there? Yes sir. D- d- am I saying your name right? <laughs> Hello? Yes, Pastor Lorenzo, I'm here. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure I got your name right. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I don't want to just butcher it. I want to make sure I said it right. Good morning and welcome to the show. Glad that you Thank are here. You. Now, I'm going to warn you in advance, if I am distracted, I am blaming my puppy. <laughs> and he's looking at me right now like, don't blame me. You just got to see the look on his face. I tell you, it's just like, it's just, it's just. Like a little child. Just uh, anyway, I digress. So, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Well, great. I'm glad that you uh, joined us. Now, for my audience who don't know much about, you, don't know anything about you, <laughs> uh, I, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and and, and your ministry. Um, whatever you uh, want to share right now, just you know, just to bring us up the pace about you and, and and what God is doing for you? Well, the Lord has been good to me um, in so many ways. And um, I'm sure when you say tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Pastor, Pastor Neil, you're saying, would you like to, you know, share your testimony? Yeah, um, that is correct. <laughs> well, yes. I, I believe that everybody, every believer has a testimony before Christ and also in Christ. And um, until Jesus comes, we would all continue to have a testimonies, uh, you know, in our lives of our great God. And um, mine is no exceptional to many, but um, I love to tell it because it shows the providence and the great grace of God upon um, his children. And even over those who do not know him, that he is still gracious and, and kind. Um, my mother was 17 years old when she found herself pregnant. And so at that time, um, around 1979, she decides that she would have abortion because the circumstances surrounding her pregnancy was not desirable. And so um, given uh, that situation, she goes to a doctor and uh, she she um, she goes through a, a DNC dilation curettage process or form of abortion um, only to find out you know, a few months down the line that she was still pregnant. Well, she goes back for a second procedure and they were not granted to her because it was it, it was detrimental to her own life. And so she decides that she would keep the pregnancy and then she would, you know, give up the baby um, after that. But God is so good that, you know, he, he bonded he bonded my mom and I to the point where he she didn't even want to give me up after um after I was born and so she kept me for a while until she herself had to be had to travel out of the country um to a neighbor to a you know to another country you know for uh to 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 you know to to go to school and and further her life in a vocation wise and um and so I had to live with my aunt, who was not a Christian by any standard. And, you know, if a person is not a Christian, they, then they are not, you know, they're just people, they're unbelievers. But my aunt was not just an unbeliever, but um, she was involved in different other religious practices which were not godly. It is in such situation that I find myself and then... Um, I went through a very difficult and challenging childhood living with my aunt. But 
growing up at the age of nine also I had an accident when I was nine standing in front of my house. I was I was clashed between um four four packed cars and um by eighteen wheeler track that skidded off the road. Oh wow and, uh, my God. I lost my left leg. But even in that, you know, between you know the time of the accident and 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 now I have seen God done so many great things. Um in our culture if a person has disability, it's you know, that person is considered unfit for society and and also considered a curse. And um very much um alienated from from society. And then and that's that, that was the treatment that was meted out to me and so um it was it was challenging but god is so good that um the turning point of you know of my life began when i when i had encountered a a, a man that came to our, our little village to distribute little bibles and then we didn't know that they were bibles we just saw they were little books and so in, and I know I was standing in the middle of the line, and I was called to sit down, you know, behind in, under a tree behind this man who didn't see me. By the time it was all said and done, you know, the Bibles were finished, and 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 so when I was really sad and began to cry, but this man just in, um, gave me his Bible because he gave everybody a little blue Bible, but. When he found out that I was really upset, I was crying, then he knelt by me and he gave me a little orange version of the same Bible. But Pastor Lorenzo, you see, when you're a kid, you know, if everybody has blue, you want blue also. We want to, we tend to uh, want to be like everybody else. And so I wanted to, to have um, blue just like everyone else had had. You know, because you don't, I had been marginalized for so long that, you know, anything that was different from what everybody had at that time was, you know, being, felt like marginalization to me. But one thing that made a great difference was when he told me that God loves me. And I I, I was excited and I I told him I wanted to know to take me to to the God because I, I felt like it was, you know, the gods that, you know, that, the people poured libations to, you know, uh-huh. that, that that I knew that I had heard about, you know, growing up. And so I said, take me to him, thinking that it was one of the many, um, many idols, you know. Wow. And so he would, he would point to, 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 the, to the heavens and say, God loves you, and I love you too. But then I trusted, I, something about his demeanor made me believe what he was saying because he knelt by me, came to my level and told me God loves me and he loved me too. That really touched my life. It touched me and I wanted to know to know him. I and I told him I want to know him. And um that that was the beginning of the quest. Of my quest to see God, the the God that I did not know. And um that that's that was just the beginning with my orange Bible, my little orange Bible. Let, let you mind if I interrupt here? So you grew up in a background of what can be considered paganism. Is, is that safe to say? Yes, that is safe to say. What was that, it? Was what all was, over. What what was that like? And then being exposed to. Uh, Christianity. What what was that like? How did that affect you? Well, you you don't know because that's if that's um that is majority of the practice, it's considered a tradition. And it and it's not even seen as a religion. You know, when you don't when you when when you live in an environment, for instance, if you live in India and and the 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 culture of the day is is Hindu or Hindi, you you really do, you don't know you you it it seems like it's a culture because there is not no for, formal knowledge of a, of of any other god than what is you know what you grow up knowing and hearing. But growing up, I saw 
and heard, you know, there were poor libations to to unknown gods and mention, you know, the names of the the dead and invoke them to to come and bring blessings when a person died, when a child was born. You know, this is tradition. It's considered tradition. It's it really doesn't feel like it's a you know idolatry or anything. So growing up, I didn't think that it was bad or anything. It was just a culture. Okay, I'm coming up on a hard break. So uh, on the on when we come back from this break, what I'd like you to do, I'll, uh, share a little bit more about your testimony uh, uh, about your leg and um and how God is you what God is using you to do now as an evangelist, and that's what I'd like to talk about uh, on the other side of this break, if you don't mind doing that. Um, I, I I know it's some it's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, I, I'm being blessed listening to you. I, I know a lot more of my my listeners would love to hear uh, a lot more of your testimony. Also, uh, would we'll talk about how you got to the states from from Ghana and and how God has been using you. Is that all right? That's fine. Okay, we'll be right back after this. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to their site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup. Today, we stand against the tyranny of single-mile credit cards. Battle speech, right? Huh? May I? For too long, people have settled for single miles. With the Capital One Venture Card, you'll earn double miles on every purchase every day. Hawaii, here we come. So sign up today for a venture card at CapitalOne.com. And start earning double. double miles. What's in your wallet? 
Can you play games on that? Not on the runway. host i like saying happy host i sound sounds distinguished <laughs> pastor lorenzo neal i'm here i'm having fun with my puppy who has decided to lounge around i mean he just, I, i'm having fun you know I, I guess maybe i should bring him in the studio more often seems a little bit more inspired or, i don't know but uh we're glad, we're glad you're joining us today on this wonderful hump day wednesday after uh wednesday the last wednesday in the month of august as we Get ready to head into September. A lot of people are getting ready for Labor Day. And um, I, I ain't got nothing to do, so I, I look forward to having Labor Day. But anyway, we're glad that you join us. Um, we uh, have with us as our guest uh, uh, Akasua uh, Frempong, and she's from she's a native of Ghana, West Africa. And, and she shared, before the break, she shared a little bit about a testimony of her mother and um almost being aborted in her leg and and we're just glad to have you here on the show with us and um so i said on uh going into the break uh we'd like to hear a little bit more of your testimony uh about your your accident um because i remember when we spoke in when you shared your testimony uh in nashville it was very powerful and you, I know you touched on that about how any disability in your country and your culture was considered um, was just outcast. So share a little bit more about that time in your life and how God how God brought you through it and how He's used that as uh, in, in in your ministry. Have you used that in your ministry? Yeah. Um, so the time that you know that the during the period of my early early years when my leg was amputated were like really times and seasons of hopelessness. And this these these were times before before I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my, my Lord and personal savior. And um so I'm looking at myself and I always rose up with fear that um you know because you know excuse me to say that people would Various forms of disabilities were hidden, um, you know, up until, you know, like early 90s until now. Things are changing a little bit because, remind you, Africa is a developing continent, is a developing continent. And so things are developing by the hoops day and night. And and um, But growing up with, with disability or, or physical challenge, as I like to call it, because it's not a disa- I'm not disabled, um, um, was really challenging because you have not seen anybody that had triumphed or that had transcended, you know, the norm or transcended beyond what the society call curse or what they call limitation. And so my fear was that I'm going to be like everybody else because growing up, all the people who were hidden 2010, 10, 20, 30 years back, now they are older and they can no longer be hidden. And so, they, so you know, their families would push them out because it's, it was um, considered um, not uh, acceptable to, to, to see a family associate with a dis- disabled family member. You know, it's, so, it's a long cultural history I cannot go into right now. But so these people would, would be driven off or out of the village into, um, in, in, you know, to places, into faraway towns and cities. And so I was, growing up, I would walk about, you know, that city or town, and then I would see people with disabilities just begging for arms. And I, there was a cry inside of my spirit that I don't want to be like that, you know. And, and, and this is not nothing against them because they, they didn't have any they didn't have it in any other way. But I didn't want to be like that. And then that made me really 
scared that, you know, if I had to be like that, uh, it's, you know, it's scary. Uh, <laughs> I felt I, there was I, greatness. I, I can only imagine um, what, what that was like um, growing up, and especially in that culture. Um, so, so how did after you after you accepted Christ? How did that change your perception of yourself? Immediately, did not change my perception because my society or my environment affects my thinking. So, immediately, did not change my my thinking. But by and by, little by little, um, you know, my mom and I were introduced to a church, and so we would go to church, and it was really, I would say, the word of the Lord was what transformed my life in a big way. You know, because as it as as I received the word of God, it was like light into my spirit. And, wow. I, you know, it enlarged my, my spirit. It, it changed little by little my focus, my perception. Then prayer came in. I You know, I learned how to pray. That also really opened me up big time. It's like really it added speed to 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 everything that I was thinking and hoping to be, and then praise also set in. So these three things embodied really what I am today: prayer, worship, and also the Word of God. First, I would say the Word of God, prayer, and worship. That's all. That's that's what describes me. You know. So I um I would. What was the question again? <laughs> It doesn't matter. You're on the roll. <laughs> I'm just excited. Roll. But to talk about how the Lord transformed me, it was first, you know, when I accepted him and then also learning about his word and then praying. Praying was my communication for him. And then, you know, the the, the exciting thing was starting to hear the voice of the Lord mm. was exciting because the voices, it, 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 it quieted all the other voices that were familiar to me that said that I could not do it, that I am not different from all the disabled people. Because in, in a, a while back, a while back, I would say a little over 30 years ago, when the families have disabled children, babies, they will leave them in the forest to die. Because wow. it was not traditionally unacceptable for, peop- for disabled people to mingle around around communities and around society. So they were they were they, they were there was something called a send off. So they would send off children with babies with disability in the forest and leave them there to die. You know? Wow. Um and so there was really no hope or any other reason. But God had earmarked me for success and blessings. And um Hello? I hope I'm on track. I hope I'm on track. Oh, you're you're on track. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what what helped me? I just talked about what helped me to transcend beyond the norm of what society deemed as a curse was basically when Christ Jesus came into my life. Because that day when that Bible was given to me, and that man said that God loves me and He loved me, I felt the reality of God in my heart, and I wanted to know more because now I had the evidence. Even though I could not read or write at that time, I believed that man because I could see Jesus in his eyes. I didn't know what it was then, that it was the love of God, but there was something convincing that made me keep wanting more of it. Wow. Let me, okay, let, let, let's fast forward. You, you, you go through that experience. Um, tell us... Uh, what got you to the states, and and what have you been doing since you've been in the states? Well, um, you know, after after God opened so many doors for me, um, you know, to go to school, to have a, a I wouldn't call it to have a normal life. I would call it because you know, I um, even though things were challenging and difficult, but God used me as a pace setter in a lot of things in in my country, not only, you know, in a, in a lot of situations that that I had, I would say that I had a normal life. Oh, I lived a normal life, even though things were difficult and we had the discrimination against people with physical challenges. 
but God gave me a normal life because we know how, you know, when the Lord, the wind of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is what is pushing you, you know, no man can put you down. No man can cut down what God is held up. And so um, after, you know, I went through, had a good, you know, the Lord blessed me to have a good education. And um, when I was going to college, I thought, you know, people would literally um, would ask me, you know, when you finish college, what do you want to do? And I would say, I want to be a lawyer. And he would say, do you know that it's going to be difficult for you? They will come right, you know, right off the back tell me, it's going to be challenging for you because if you become a lawyer, you know, people will not like to come to you, number one, in Africa, if you're a woman, you know, you're, you know, marginalized as a woman, and then you're a woman, and then you're disabled. Then you have a physical challenge that even puts you, like, way, way in the back. So coming to America, my hopes and my dreams were that I was coming to go to school to become a lawyer so that I can go back home and, and work and, and have the opportunity to work with United Nations to, 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 you know, with United, through United Nations, I felt like I could work with other women in different African countries to, uh-huh. to help them with the same kind of situation, that women were not second-class citizens because the laws did not favor women and there was so many in society and, and um, society did not really receive uh, women very well. Things are changing, but we are still far behind. So that was my hope you know, for coming to America. But I knew I had a calling on my life, but I always felt like God would use me as a mouthpiece for women and children because all the things that I went through were not necessary. But they were necessary and detrimental to what or where God was taking me, hmm. you know. But even many people have been through it and never could rise up because, you know, if you're damned, if you're condemned, and and told all of your life that you cannot do something. You never see anybody that has risen above the norm. It's difficult to kind of really see, have a vision of of what can even be. Oh yeah, look, I'm coming up on another break, and on this side of the break, um, when we come back from from this break, um, I want to we'll we'll talk about. Um, your ministry and how people can get in touch with you and contact with you for to. Um, to speak or whatever else uh, God uses you to do. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from this ble- when, from this break, that's what we'll 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 discuss. We'll be back right after this. Some descend into total loserdom, while others triumphantly return home to their Tudor houses. The real game of life is no more forgiving, but luckily you're ready to grab it by the throat and jujitsu it into submission. And with all the important things to do and places to go, you're going to need a game piece that will move you to the next level. That car, my friends, is the all-new 53-mile-per-gallon rated Prius C from Toyota. When BT made a commitment to the golf, we knew it would take time, but we were determined to see it through. Today, while our work continues, I want to update you on the progress. BT has set aside $20 billion to fund economic and environmental recovery. We're paying for all spill-related cleanup costs, and we've established a $500 million fund so independent scientists can study the golf's wildlife and environment for 10 years. 
Thousands of environmental samples from across the Gulf have been analyzed by independent labs under the direction of the U.S. Coast Guard. I'm glad to report all beaches and waters are open for everyone to enjoy. And the economy is showing progress, with many areas on the Gulf Coast having their best tourism seasons in years. I was born here. I'm still here, and so is BP. We're committed to the Gulf for everyone who loves it and everyone who calls it home. Welcome back to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Glad that you were able to join us again. We have a wonderful woman of God who's been sharing a testimony. And uh, those of you who have been joining, uh, who have been unable to uh, get in the chat room, you can still send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. We want to encourage you to get in touch with us, follow the show, subscribe to the show, let us know how we're doing. We appreciate all your insight, all your thoughts. Prayers, everything is appreciated. Of course, always in the last few minutes, if you want to get your thoughts in on the air, the line, the number to call is three four seven two three seven five two three zero. Have with us again is uh, Akasua from Poza, and she's been sharing how God has used her, uh, coming out of Africa, disabled, and overcoming many obstacles to where she is now. And I tell you, she's a wonderful woman of God. So, Akusa, uh, tell us um, how God has been using you since you've been in the States, since you graduated, and 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 so forth and so on. Hello, are you are you with us? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, okay. have me scared there for a second. Yes. Um, uh, the Lord is the Lord has been amazing and been awesome, and we know that. Um, the Bible says in Ephesians six twelve that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we know that every struggle, all the struggles that you know I went through with, with against culture, against man, against when not really I was not fighting a physical battle. But the Lord was with me through all of that, and his um, His calling on my life prevailed, you know, was made even cl- was made clear when I came to America. Um, I was sitting at a church one, one night thinking that, because back home in Ghana, in, in college, we had a Christian college, we had a Christian uh, fellowship on campus, and they would call me to come and teach Bible study. And then I would say, don't let this be your first and last that, you know, you will call me, and I would tell them again, don't don't get used to this, you know, because whenever I, I spoke or I preached or I taught, I felt such uh, a great conviction that this is what the Lord wants me to do. But because in my mind, I, I felt like I wanted to be a lawyer, and nothing should stop me from going to law, because who would help these women and children, you know, having, having gone through so much, but... That one night in, in Southern California, sitting in the, in the Life Church of God in Christ, uh, on a Wednesday night Bible study, um, uh, the the pastor called me. You know, I just entered, and we were we were even late. My friend and I were entered the church, and you know, we were late, so we were trying to slip behind the pew in the back there. And he said, "You, lady, you have a you have a testimony." The Lord said, "You have a testimony. Come and share me." This is our first time in that church. So when he said that, you know, I didn't even look because I didn't think it was me. And he said, you, you, you. When he's saying all of this, I'm not looking. I'm just looking for my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, so my friend pointed to me, you know, pinches me on my shoulder and said, oh, Kusi, I think he's talking to you. And I said, how could it be me? You know, and, and then I, I felt something came, the Holy Spirit just came upon me. I walked up there and. And then I, I began to speak, share my testimony, said, the Lord has brought you far. Tell us about the love of God on your life. And I began to, to share and minister, and every tears filled the people's eyes. And, and there was not a dry face in that room that, that evening. And this is a big church. And so Bible study, we are counting about 500 people. Hmm. 
Wow. And the pastor said, would you share your testimony with us on Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, all the three services? And then I was kind of thinking, you know, thinking about, he said, well, on Sunday, see you here at 8, first service that started at 8. 8.45, we want you to be here, and then at 9.45, we want you to be here and share, and then at 11.45, we want you to be here. And it was like God had really arrested me in the moment, and I had no choice. And from there, he had asked me again to share in different places, and, you know, every place that I went to, they would give me another engagement to share elsewhere, and this has been it. This has been me, uh, my ministry. That was the beginning in 2006. Um, in Southern California, and the Lord, you know, has just taken me all over the place, and it's been exciting. It's been awesome, and um, I have seen, I have ah. seen the glory of the Lord prevail. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. We're, we're running out of time, so uh, quickly, can you can you tell uh, my audience if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to invite you to their church to speak, how can they go about contacting you? Uh, give that information out, if you don't mind. Okay, well, I can be reached. My my last name, my email, I have a Facebook account, so people can reach me on facebook.com slash Ecosia A. Frimpong. Or email me, uh, last name, Frimpong underscore Ecosia at yahoo.com. Or a quote at ipraise.com. A quote at ipraise. Ipraise is I-P-R-A-I-Z-E dot org. I'm sorry, okay. I said that comma, but it's dot org. Okay. So, so uh, I appreciate you for sharing that information. Uh, we're, we're running down to our last few minutes here, and I, I just want to say that I am grateful for your testimony. I'm grateful for your life and your commitment to God and to ministering to His people. Um, the atmosphere in this world right now is one of incivility and and really people just don't care. And I I think you know your 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 ministry and the warmth that you have just from listening to you and having met you, the warmth that you have is very much needed in the world and in in the world. And and I, I pray God's continued blessings upon you as as you minister. And of course I said. I, I'm going to have you at my church. We're going to have you. I, we're going to have you here in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> so be prepared for that. <laughs> and um, we're coming to a close. Uh, I just want to again say thank you for being on the show. Do you, you have any final comments that you'd like to make uh, before we go off the air? And shouts out to anybody or. <laughs> yeah, when you read Second um, Samuel, uh, the book of Second Samuel, chapter twenty-two. Verse 30, mm-hmm. he says that, I, I believe it's Psalm 18:29, But Psalm 18:29 says the same thing. It says, for, for by my God, you know, I can run against a troop, and by my God, I can leap over a wall. Whatever the circumstances you may be in today as a believer, I want you to know that the Lord, the Lord is able to deliver you, be it financial, be it uh, marital, be it whatever, whatever it is, be it spiritual warfare, David said, he testified that by you I can leap over a wall and by my God I can I can also um, run through a troop. A troop is all the things, all the people, all, all the, the forces that are against you. He said that he can run through them. So the, I want you to know that you also have that ability and power to run through anything that holds you back and holds you bound today by your God and by his power. Amen. Oh, amen. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Again, we're glad to have Akusua uh, Posa as our guest. She's a wonderful woman of God. She's been sharing with us. Uh, listen, if you missed the show, um, those who uh, can catch the archive, any show, and, and get in touch with her, have her at your church. Um, and again, as always, we invite you to come back and join us on Zero Today. Next week, we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful God, man of God, uh, uh, Pastor Richard Bullard. He'll be here. We'll be talking about uh, black church and mysticism, ancient mysticism, and getting into that discussion. So, hey, we're always having fun here on Zero Today. We're glad that you join us. Keep us in prayer. Have a wonderful and safe Labor Day. Miss uh, Frimpong, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the rest of your day. And until we come back again, know that God is with you and he's standing for you. 
Take care and we're out. God bless you.